Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll give you a prediction real quick while I was in here on the port of John across the street from the job I'm working at. Uh, yeah, man, I say I'm playing the big bad Georgia Bulldogs this week, man, and I, you know, I just got this feeling. I don't know if it's because all the nuggets I've been eating this week, but I just got this feeling, man. Y'all go give them boys a game. Like, I'm talking about like a real game. Man, I'm going to put all my 7 money Oh, we lost. We lost there. There we on go. On the money line for the cops this week, man. I see a 31-30 victory for them Gamecocks, man. They'll approve. That's what I'm feeling, man. Like I said, I don't know if it's from all the Burger King nuggets I've been eating this week and the, the feathers just started growing out my ass. I don't know. But that's what I got, 31-30. Man, traffic police probably put a parking ticket on my truck. Hi. Hey, man. Hey, yeah. <laughs> BDD. What a way to start it. Guys, again, 843-790-3377. BDD locked in 31 to 30. The Gamecocks getting the W. Spur, your enthusiasm said this. It's crazy to sign up for a 10-point loss. I don't believe in moral victories, he says. Never sign me up for one of those unless Spencer throws for 500 yards. Let, let's go ahead and get this out of the way, by the way, because this, this might be a talking point this week. Let me go ahead and get this out of the way, guys. I don't necessarily believe in moral victories, but I do believe in your program taking positive steps forward. I do believe in that. And so you know what? Let me actually go back and start it by saying this. If you want to call this a moral victory, then then so be it. Like, I, I don't really give a damn. I would love to see South Carolina go toe-to-toe with Georgia and take them to the wire, win or lose. Guys, I mentioned this yesterday, I believe. There has been one game decided by single digits since 2015. And that was the 2019 upset that many folks look back at and write off as a fluke because that 19 team turned out to go 4-8. and eight. Either way, though, Gamecocks won that football game. Outside of that ballgame, not a single one of those South Carolina-Georgia games that Georgia has won, all of them have been decided by single digits. So I am not sorry for saying, and if you want to say it's loser mentality, loot. Go ahead and say whatever you want. 
I would gladly sign up for a close, competitive second-half ball game because, guys, I can't remember the last time I watched a South Carolina-Georgia game and had reason to give a shit in the third quarter. I, I don't remember the last time I had reason to be on the edge of my seat after halftime. I mean, so I will not apologize for saying that, hey, a 10-point loss would be a good result for South Carolina. A one-score loss would be a positive. Like, there'd be a lot of positive to take away from a game like that. Yes, if Carolina lost 38-28, to I would come out of that game, I'd be feeling pretty damn good about South Carolina. Because if that result happens, like J.C. Sherbert says, the offensive line gave Spencer Rattler time. Spencer Rattler played like a Heisman-level quarterback. Xavier Leggett continued to tear the defense up. Other weapons probably stepped up. Some running game got going. Like, I think you'd have a lot to feel good about. I'm not telling you to hang your hat on that forever, but for a program in year three of Shane Beamer that is looking to slowly but surely build itself up, I'd much rather see South Carolina beat Georgia, but if they're going to lose, yeah, I'll take a close competitive loss over it being 24-0 at halftime and Georgia's quarterback taking selfies with the crowd at the start of the fourth quarter. I mean, what are you talking about? I would like to not see 48-7 repeated again. I'd like to see that. So, the whole moral victory thing, man, like I I just, you want to call that a moral victory, so be it, but... After what I've seen over the past couple of years, again, I'd love to give a damn about the game in the second half. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to have a reason to. Anyways, 843-790-3377. Let's go back throughout your questions, your comments. Let's see. Bob the Builder <clears throat> says, Elijah Griffin said on his visit, the atmosphere gave him goosebumps, and he wanted to suit up and play right then. That's always a good sign. That's always a good sign. Braddock 843. Well, you can give Rattler a chance and get wide receiver one play from both Juice and Leggett. We have a chance. Spider-Man 3001. Our quarterback and wide receivers are better, so we have a chance, especially if our secondary can defend their receivers and force back, back to force throws. Spider-Man 3001. I will drop my position unit comparison tomorrow. Quarterback, I'll give you. Wide receivers, mm. I don't know if I can get on board with that. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Jeremy Wardell, we just need to block better. If we run the ball and protect Rattler, we can beat any team on our schedule. Much easier said than done. Much easier said than done. Austin Gregory. It's a bigger upset now because they are the two-time champs and ranked number one in the country. Austin Gregory, some people just fail or refuse to understand that. Um, Jeff Gullage, the upset, we need to score every time we touch the ball. No three and outs, defense force, multiple turnovers. Jeff Gullage, if you think South Carolina is not going to have a single three and out against Georgia, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Ruination, Georgia's already up 17-0 on Clayton White. That's what it feels like. Spider-Man 3001, being optimistic is my favorite way to be a fan, so I believe we'll beat Georgia until there's a zero on the clock and Georgia's ahead. Spider-Man, God bless you. God bless you. 
I mean, I respect it. I respect it. God bless you. Are you going to Athens? That's my other question. Are you going to the game? Uh, apparently, Marcellus Dial says Nick Emanwari is playing. So, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Uh, I mean, honestly, just because... Just because a player says it, I mean, it's take it with a grain of salt type of deal. So, Band homie Brendan says, we have better receivers than Georgia. Well, I guess you'll find out my thoughts tomorrow when we break it all down. So, I just, I, 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 it's funny though. I think the people that are telling me we have better receivers than Georgia, can you name one Georgia receiver not named Lad McConkey? I would, I would challenge, I bet a lot of those cannot. I bet a lot of those cannot. I will say one of the big storylines, though, in this game is the status of both wide receiver ones, both teams, Lad McConkey on the Georgia side and Juice Wells on the Carolina side. So, Ben Rosa push Ja'Kai out to right tackle, start Trovon Bull at right guard, start Mario at running back. If Juice is back, full go, then we got the weapons. Just need to have more balance in our attack. Bob the Builder says 38-24, to 24, Bulldogs. Peyton Smith, we got a few break the glass in case emergency players that need their glass broken. Harbor needs more playing time along with Babalade as well as a few others. Let's see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyways, guys, phone lines open, 843-790-3377. Spurrier Enthusiasm, Gear and Desmond will play peer, or excuse me, peer, key roles this weekend. Getting Jatias Gear back would be big. Getting Jatias Gear back would be very, very, very big. 
I got to be honest, guys, at this point, I have no clue what to expect when it comes from injuries. The Shane Beamer injury report is as dependable as I, I don't know. I, I just I, I I I take it with a grain of salt. Um I take it with a grain of salt, to be honest with you, man. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think Juice is playing and Gear's playing and these guys, you know, Nicky Mawari's playing and these guys are ready, but, oh, man, I, I really hate to find out, you know, come Thursday, Friday, Saturday before the game that these guys are, are out. So, I, I just, we damn near have no clue. <laughs> we are We are at the mercy of the Shane Beamer injury report. Uh, apparently two players who requested to meet the media did who won't today. Juice Wells and Juju McDowell both did not. Uh, normally players that are injured don't meet with the media. So apparently it says for what it's worth, this comes from Mike Yuva. <clears throat> for what it worth, for what it's worth, players hinted that Juice is getting better. We'll hear from Shane at one thirty. I'd say Juice is out. I, I I just if you're gonna ask me right now, gun to head. I mean, does Juice Well suit up? Sure. Sure he does. Does he play? Ah, maybe. Does he make an impact? No. Because until I see otherwise, until I, until I hear Shane Beamer say the words, Juice Wells is 100% good to go and or I see Juice Wells on the field making plays like we know Juice Wells to do, Juice Wells is hurt in my mind. And I will approach this weekend's game with such mentality, because I have no reason to believe otherwise. So, I'm not playing this gamesmanship, like, you know, no, Juice Wells is out. That's the way I'm looking at it. Juice Wells is out. I'm looking at it that way. So, oh, well. Well, I hope I'm wrong, but at minimum, he's limited, and he's not the Juice Wells that we all know. We got a text here. Jack Crowley says, pump for the Georgia game. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I feel like I'm 10 feet tall and strong as an ox. These Georgia boys don't know what kind of sandstorm is coming into Athens this weekend. Go Gamecocks and beat the Bulldogs. He said something else, but I'm not going to read it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Bobby Whitehead says he's still not sold on Carson Beck. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. What a hell of a name. How bad will they beat us? Do you really think our cocks can handle the dogs? You'll know my prediction on Friday. I, you know, I have been kind of just sitting back, especially in our Big Cock Club Discord, which, by the, by the way, guys, join today, patreon.com slash Club, uh, or head over to the link in bio on our social media. Click the Big Cock Club link. You can join the Discord today. I've been kind of just sitting back and observing because, admittedly, we got a couple of folks in the Big Cock Club Discord that, their middle name is Slapdickery. If they didn't post Slapdickery, they would not post at all. And so I've been kind of sitting back, looking at some of the predictions and the thoughts, because everything I say, Big Bad Chris, is, is met with resistance and met being, you know, it, it is it is consumed by many through these garnet lenses, if you will. So I'm, I'm just kind of just minding my own business this week, just kind of observing, seeing what others have to say. And then we get to tomorrow. Thursday, Friday, we start breaking it down. You guys will know my full thoughts. You never know. I, I might be picking the upset. You have no idea. You have no idea. But I might be picking a 50-point loss. You have no idea. So, 
I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna save my thoughts. I'm gonna save my thoughts for the show itself. And uh, once those things come out, we can discuss. We can conversate it. What have you? But you know, I'd like to see South Carolina. I'd like to believe the Gamecocks can give Georgia a close game. I I I'd, I'd like to think that <clears throat> 27 and a half is is way too much. That that feels like a crazy number on the spread. That feels like a crazy number on the spread. Um, but at the same time, you lost by 41 to them last year. So is it crazy? I don't know that it is. I don't know. Terminator, 98. The O-line mix-up looked better against Furman, played the freshman. I, I would agree. I, I think going in this game, though, you've got to kind of pick and choose how you do things. Um, not a recipe for success to play these true freshmen against Georgia. But baptism by fire, man. I, I just I think you'd be better off in the long term getting these guys out there, getting in some reps before Mississippi State. Um, so you know, I, I just I'll be curious to see what they do with the O line because I tell you this, if they put Sidney Fugar back out there at left tackle, I wouldn't be surprised if he quit football after the game after what that Georgia D line is going to do to him. I, I mean, really, truly, genuinely. Let's see. Again, Robert Hastings. Chris, do you believe Juice will play if so is 100%? I do not. I, I do not. That I'll tell you this. Again, does he dress out? Does he trot on the field? Maybe. I don't believe the 100% version of Juice Wells that we know that will make an impact in a game like this. I don't think he'll be out there. Until I hear otherwise from Beamer or I see it with my own two eyes, I don't believe it. <clears throat> I don't believe it. I don't care if... You know, Shane Beamer just refuses to give us any real tangible injury report with Juice Wells. Well, I don't think he's playing. So, I don't think he's playing. Uh, let's see. Frank says, if we score 28 points, I'm rushing the field. Dee Short, 42-34 Georgia. Rattler goes for 350, three touchdowns. Xavier goes for 125-plus. I, dude, I, I hope you're right. I, I hope I hope 350 passing yards against that Georgia defense. I hope so. Lynn Turner, I would sign up for a loss by 10 to Georgia if we came out with no injuries. Same. Same, absolutely. Austin says Georgia will be beat eventually. Why not us? I mean, why not South Carolina? It'll take... Great effort, great execution, and, uh, you know, we'll see. But why not South Carolina? Jacob E. says, UGA style of play will help with the new clock rules. Possessions will be limited both ways, so we'll have to take advantage of our opportunities. For sure, for sure, I think so. I think that that'll shorten the game. I think George is going to try to run the football, no doubt. Daddy O says my guy is laying twenty eight. I'm taking him. Twenty eight does feel like a lot. Chris Lovelace got a good vibe on this one. Gamecocks over the dogs by six. From your lips to God's ears, Bruin Nation says. 
45 to 17, Georgia. Rattler gets 300, but we struggle to score in less than 40 yards on the ground. I wonder what the price picks total on this will be. I, I doubt it's out yet, but I will be fascinated to see what Spencer Rattler's. It's not out yet, but what his over under passing yards is going to be. Because I, you know, guys. I know Spencer Rattler's playing at a high level. He's playing. He's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the country. Forgive me. It's it's hard for me to fathom a 300-yard passing game against the Georgia defense. It's just, it's just hard for me to do so, really, truly. Um, Parrish Jordan, where is Alex McGrath? I've talked about this before, Parrish. Uh, J.C. Sherbert's now our Tuesday guest this year. Alex McGrath is doing well. Uh, just not a weekly guest. So we, we'll we'll get Alex on at some point, Parrish, but he's just not a weekly guest this season. So still have a great relationship with Alex and still talk to him every now and then, but just had to make a decision for business and only had so many slots for the live show. Jeff Gulledge says, I feel alone in thinking we don't have a chance this weekend. I don't see where all this hope is coming from. Is it just because we destroyed Furman? I don't see it. I hope I'm wrong and we win, but I doubt it. I mean, Jeff, I, I think you you bring up some very realistic takes, some very, I mean, I think some very sensible takes. I mean, I, I just, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll get more to this as the week goes, but yeah, I mean, it's just every, I'll put it to you this way, because I've been thinking about it, you know, all throughout the week. What could happen for Carolina to... To pull the upset and to do the unthinkable, it would take South Carolina doing things that in every scenario I've thought in my head, they're all scenarios that that like completely go against what South Carolina has showed us they are. You know what I mean? Like, Carolina's going to have to get some protection. They're going to have to have some semblance of a running game. How are they going to do that against Georgia? How? Like, how? Just how, you know what I mean? So, defensively, same thing. Happen able to stop a nosebleed. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll tell you this, guys. I'm to the school of thinking now that, you know what? I kind of thought South Carolina's defense coming in the year was – was was kind of getting disrespected a little bit. And, you know, I, I I was even one that, you know, I kind of ignored the numbers. Okay, well, you know, the, the secondary is great. The rushing defense just has to improve. You know, guys, I, I just – I don't think this defense is all that great. I'll be honest with you. I, I think this defense I'm, – I'm actually nervous about the secondary on Saturday, especially if there's no Nicky Midwari. Um, I, I just – I'm tired of talking about Clayton White and this defense like there's some top three or four unit in the SEC when this is actually a at best middle of the pack group. Like I, I don't know why we sit here and try to convince ourselves and pretend like this defense is some elite unit. Like they're not. They're not. The defense is not good. You know what I mean? Like I'm I just I've been trying. They're not, dude. The defense is not good. So Will they be able to get the ball off people and create turnovers and, and all that jazz? Like, maybe so. 
But if we're just lining up mono e mono, Carolina's defense has no answers for Georgia. For the most part. I don't think Carolina has any answers for Georgia. I just, I don't know, man. I, you know, I hear it from some of the national guys I talk to and some others like Carolina's defense, not good. They're not good. They're not good. I'm like, am I the one that's crazy for thinking this defense is not all that bad? And then I'm like, I think I am actually the one that's crazy. So we'll see. I mean, this is this, this entire ball game is a huge opportunity in regards to a statement for South Carolina. Ken's Shane Beamer's press conference is happening right now. In case you missed it, we are not airing those this season. We are not airing those because we have things to discuss, content to get into, and uh, all that does is just kind of take up time that we could be chatting with you guys, conversating, what have you. So, um, yeah, I, I will, if anything jumps out, you know, we could talk about it on the show tomorrow. Of course, I'll have content pulling quotes from that conversation. It's over. So Beamer's presser's over. Okay. And, and that's why Brew Nation, I, I don't stream it. We don't talk about it on the show, really, because it's just, it's all coach speed. There's, there's, there's nothing to dissect and break down. And, and you guys know, man, my content is not, it's not box score banter, right? We're able to actually sit down and create our own critical opinions and think about what we want to say. We don't, we don't have to try to read in between the lines of, of coach speak. And I love coach Beamer, but he, Dude, all these coaches will tell you. You go to the podium and you say what you have to say. You don't you don't say the truth. You don't you just say what you have to say. You know what I mean? To get it. None of these coaches want to do media. They don't really like media all that much. They just say what they have to say, coach speak to get it over with. So, you know, I, there's no point in us trying to go crazy pulling our hair out trying to well, what did he mean by this comment? What did he mean by that comment? Like that's that's why I don't spend time doing it. Let's see. The information station. Georgia's not the same team as last year either. Well, by default, information station, they're not the same team as last year. They have a new quarterback, new OC. You know, they've got new players on defense, what have you. Like, they got new running backs. They lost Darnell Washington. I totally get it. I totally get it. I just, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I'm excited to lock in my predictions and give you guys my full thoughts on the game. I am. I, I you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity for South Carolina Saturday, as I've mentioned, but um, recent history would tell you that Carolina has no chance at all. Michael texts in, beat the Chihuahuas. Carson Beck is Drek. Gamecocks will destroy them. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. John Edwards says, thoughts on Clem sucks not being ranked. Not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised either, John Edwards. I mean, looked really, really shoddy early against uh Call from Charles. Spur your enthusiasm. Let's jump to the lines here. Spur your enthusiasm. What's up, Bryce? How you doing? What's up, man? All my homies hate Mike Bobo. It's George the Week, and quite frankly, man, I'm I can't tell you I'm not nervous, but for you to sit here and say that realistically we stand no chance, man, that that hurts. Now I understand where you're coming from, but Carson Beck has never played against an SEC defense that wasn't in garbage time. And with everything that he's been going through 
in the process of the last couple of games, outside of Georgia just being significantly more talented than everyone that they played, Carson Beck has not been impressive. And, you know, with the way that our defensive backfield has played, it hasn't always been great, but at least we've gone up against, you know, one better passing attack. And although we ended up losing to UNC, we still managed to pick off uh, Drake Mays twice in a, in a single game. We, you know, we, we managed to, and I know it was against Furman, but when, when things got bad, Boogie Huntley, you know, he brought everybody together and he was like, you know what, you know, screw them. You know, we're, we're, we're going to find a way to get stuff right. And we're going to start playing sound football. And I do believe that from that point, the entire defense started to click. Now, whether or not we can carry that into this this next coming week, obviously against, you know, the consensus number one team in the nation is yet to be seen. But I think we do have a legitimate shot at winning this football game. And I, I don't know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I, you know, I'll say this, Bryce. I, I made the point that based off of recent history, Carolina has no chance. I, I didn't say that South Carolina has no chance because recent history, frankly – you know, it doesn't matter for the 2023 game. It's fun for, you know, you and me to talk about and gives perspective on the matchup and how it's, you know, recent trends, but trends can be broken. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, as I mentioned top of the show today, I think there's a path to South Carolina making this a fourth quarter game. I, I mean, I, I think like 2019, it would take a special set of circumstances. I think that Carolina needs to force multiple turnovers. They need to you know, beamer ball or a defensive touchdown, if not both needs to, you know, maybe a kickoff return for a touchdown, which could very well happen. That needs to be part of the game. And then Spencer Rattler against by far the best defense he's seen all year, um, you know, is going to have to play his best. And, and Dabble Loggins is going to have to find a way to scheme around a rushing attack that averaged 2.8 yards per carry against Furman and had negative yards with sacks included against UNC. So, Everything's possible. I, I'm just, you know, I'm having trouble finding real football reasons as to why it's going to happen. I'm not telling you it's not possible, and, and who knows? Like, I, I think it's important for South Carolina to play Georgia tight because at some point it just can't be good enough to continue to play in a game like this and get your brains beat in because, hey, Kentucky gave Georgia a good game last year. Mizzou damn near beat them. So, like, why can't South Carolina play them tight, be competitive, I'd love to see it. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think it's a big game for right. Carolina. And um, some of those things I mentioned, I think would have to happen because, you know, let's face it, they're back to back national champions and the way they recruited. We all love recruiting. We care about recruiting. There's reasons Carolina is trying to get more players like Georgia has, because those are the players that win. And right now Georgia's got two, if not three times as many of those players as South Carolina. So Listen, it's doable. Hey, Duke beat Clemson with two, four, and five stars, and Clemson had like 45. So I'm not saying that's a defining thing either. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens Saturday. But uh, it'd be a hell of an upset, that's for sure. I definitely think that the formula for winning definitely has to do with Georgia getting away from the run game. A lot of the way, same ways that we did last year, I know it's a completely different team, completely different year a lot of the same ways that we did against Clemson where, let's face it, if they would have decided, you know, we're going to run the ball on you 50 times and we're just going to pound it and pound your teeth in over and over and over until you just submit, 
probably going to lose the game. But if we can force Carson Beck into a situation, and we know Mark, Mike Bobo, he can't scheme up a the offensive game plan to save his life. If if we can get him away from that run game, um, and, and force Carson Beck to uh to to pass the ball, I think we have a legitimate shot of winning the football game. Well, I, I think that's the key, Bryce. I mean, to your point, we'll talk about this as this week goes because I don't think it's any secret. I mean, you you definitely got to find a way. And Georgia struggled to run the ball against Ball State, UT Martin. Um, you know, they've been less than stellar for sure. Uh, you got to find a way to get Georgia in third and longs and, and and put Carson Beck in some uncomfortable situations, right? Like the pass rush, we've only seen it mm-hmm. once against a Power Five opponent. It wasn't good against UNC. It's got to be better. Like if you can, if you can get Carson Beck and Georgia in some third and longs, get some pressure on him. Well, all of a sudden, right? Like you like the players in the secondary. Like there's a chance they can make some plays, get some turnovers, and off you're off and running. So. Um, but because here's the thing, Carson Beck, I know he's unproven in SEC play. I totally get that. It's a huge game for him. But he is extremely talented. So if he gets comfortable and he's got time to throw, if he's got a pocket like Drake May had, I don't doubt he's got all the ability and talent that he needs to have a field day, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's all about that front seven. It's all about that front four, getting pressure on Carson Beck. you got to win first down. you got to slow down the run game. And um, – so, I, you know, I think the path to victory is somewhat simple, Bryce. It's the execution part that is somewhat difficult. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hop off now and, you know, let, let anybody else who wants to talk uh, hop on. But um, I'll call uh, later on this week with, with, my, uh, with my Georgia prediction. You know, y'all knowing me, you, y'all know which direction I'm going. But, you know, it's always good to hear from you and uh, go Cox. Bryce, you're the man. I appreciate it. Look forward to chatting with you again later this week. Great stuff from Spur Your Enthusiasm. Is there a more enthusiastic Gamecock out there? If so, call him out because I'm not sure there is. 843-790-3377. Let's jump to the text line really quickly. Uh, Our good friend Justin says, which SEC coach will be let go this season, Billy Napier or Jimbo Fisher? I got Jimbo. What's the future of Coach White? Should South Carolina go after Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator? I'll start with Clayton White. You know, I think South Carolina would have to be really, really porous on defense this year for a change to be made there, so I don't expect that. Uh, Which coach of Napier or Jimbo Fisher is going first? That's a great question. That's a great question because both have crazy buyouts. I I just – Napier's not getting fired this year. So, if I had to go one, it's Jimbo, just because I I do not see Napier getting canned this year. So, I do not see it. Uh, Braddock843 says, hate that Juice may not play. Can't wait for him to be 100%. Just don't play great against Georgia, then go shit the bed the following week. That Alabama win and Kentucky loss in 2010 still stings. Terminator said, regardless, this game cannot be more disappointing than the UNC game. Well, because there's not going to be high expectations of South Carolina to win the football game uh, and then only for Carolina to fall flat on their face. So, Terminator, South Carolina either wins the game or UGA blows us out by 35 points. My guy DGD up in here, he says, if UGA gets into a rhythm on offense, it could get ugly fast. I don't disagree with you, DGD. Uh, Tommy Wallace, if we score 28 to 38, 31 points on Georgia, could that be enough? Yeah, it absolutely could be. Yeah, I think it absolutely could be. 
Marion R26 says, Tennessee, we had no chance last year. Well, the only thing Marion R26, I'd say about that game, South Carolina was at home at night, and Tennessee's defense and Georgia's defense, not the same. Not the same. Jacob E says, much like the Tennessee game from last year, there are very few football reasons we could win this game. We still, we will have to do something we haven't seen yet this season. Anything is possible, though. You're right. Anything's possible. DGD says, be prepared for safeties flying down and hit the line of scrimmage if the short game is the way y'all go. DGD, what's the status on Javon Bullard? Is he out? I think Bullard is out from what I've heard. Is he out, though? What would you say? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, SP or SUP, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it. Whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Let's jump to the lines here. Call from Peyton. Peyton, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing all right, Chris. How about yourself, man? I'm doing pretty well. I appreciate you asking what's going on. So, um, just to expand on my comment from earlier uh, about the break the glass players, um, I think uh, in order for uh, in order for us to, as we like to use this phrase a lot, take that next step, um, our the talent that we do have, it doesn't seem to be in our upperclassmen, especially up front. 
Now, you do have exceptions with, of course, Rattler's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. Xavier Leggett's emerged as one of the most talented receivers in the country. And you kind of have – and Dak's a talented player. And we kind of got some guys. But the majority of our talent is in our young players. And I think um, you, you can't you can't leave them in the glass and, and expect them to, to be effective when you need them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if, if it comes down later in the year and we're, and the injury gods have just just taken everything from us and we're, we, we're going to ask these freshman guys to step in with no prior experience later in the season, I don't think it's going to work out. So I think we need to give these guys as much playing time as possible. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to go out there and get our ass kicked and we're going to have uh, freshmen come in during garbage time no, I mean, we need to have these guys either starting or in the first and second quarter rotations, um, offensively, defensively. Um, you touched on it. Pup Howard, man. Pup Howard looks like a dude in the making. That's, that's, he, uh, he's a lot bigger than, than what I, than what I was, uh, expecting him to look like on the field. He, um, he's, he's got a presence on the field, uh, to be, uh, to, and just kind of like Debo Williams, Debo Williams is going to knock you, just knock your head off. And Puff Howard kind of played with that same, same kind of intensity, flying all over the place, making plays. But he's got to get more opportunities. Big Tree Babalade, um, you keep touching on it. Three out of the top four offensive line grades were true freshmen. And, um, you know, that it's not like, Furman put all their scrubs in, and then that's when our true freshmen looked good. No, Furman was still trying to win the ball game with their starters in, playing against the same level of competition as our starting offensive line was, and our true freshmen came through and shined. So I think, you know, you, you like to you like to say Fugar's name a lot, and I I, I kind of agree with you, man. I think Fugar Fugar needs to see the the less the lesser of the snaps up front. So, I'm, uh, But the infusion of freshmen needs to continue this week. Peyton, I think the word you're looking for is Sidney Fugar needs to see the portal. That would be the most ideal place for him to go. I know I'm being harsh, but it's just me being <laughs> honest. Um, no, I'm, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate the depth that his, his presence can provide. But uh, – <laughs> Uh, anyways, no, I'm, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I tend to think that again, South Carolina, I, I don't know how you really, how you maneuver it in this game against Georgia, right? Because I, I'd love to see them play all these young guys and, and it's not punting on the 2023 season, but it's, it's, it is getting guys in there that can also help you win this year. They just need to get some reps. I mean, they need, they need live game action, game reps, because I think guys like, you know, Big Tree Babalade and Trovon Bow and Shivers and uh, you know um, Marky Anderson, if they play now and take their licks in the first couple of weeks, um, you know I could see second half of the season those guys being big time contributors in South Carolina being much better on the offensive line because of it, right? So, um, you know I, that that's the direction I would go. Certainly, obviously, want to we want to see more of Nick Harbor, uh, Pup Howard. That's a given. Uh, so that, you know, I, I would agree that there are some guys for sure that, you know, I I'd like to see inserted and given an opportunity and I understand it's Georgia, but if they're your best players, most talented players, 
Why not? Let's yeah. roll the dice, see what happens. Yeah, that's, that's right, man. It's, um, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit yesterday, and I, and I said that that's, this is how Dabo keeps getting beat is playing the seniority game. Um, but at the end of the day, man, you got to put your best 11 out there. And if your best 11 is nine true freshmen or six or seven true freshmen out of your 11, then so be it. We're trying to win football games. We're not trying to make juniors and seniors, mamas and daddies happy because their baby's playing football. No, we're trying to win ball games here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that our SCS transfer O-linemen are, are going to be the guys to lead us lead us to, to victory. Now, that being said, I know is, – is Yale SCS? Yale is the Ivy League. So, I, I think okay. they are – I don't really I, I don't I don't know exactly to be honest with you. I I, I don't know exactly what division Yale would be considered at. Yeah. It's, um but I think right now, um call me crazy, I think Gargilo's Gargilo's looked the best through, through the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean I I think Gargilo's probably the best offensive lineman we got right now. But mm-hmm. I think a guy like that at the helm, either at guard or at center, um, to hold it down in the middle and help these young guys along, that that can prove very, very helpful, very, very positive for, for our core as a whole, especially if you get these young guys developed. Mm-hmm. I just think Nick Garduo is a guy that can help them, that can help accelerate that process. By the way, just quick side note, Yale indeed FCS. I did just look that up, but no, I mean, I, I like Garduo in the middle. Um, you know, listen, I, I think it speaks to uh, the state of your room when a guy like Yale can come in and automatically be head and shoulders above everybody, above everybody else, you know. So call it for what it is. But, uh, you know, to have a guy like that who was a captain at Yale, which if you go look at the, the history of that, it's it's no small feat to accomplish that. I mean, having him like that in the middle, a leader for you, uh, I, I think it's big. So, listen, I, I, I'd, I'd like to think that South Carolina's offensive line, I mean, we've seen this whole song and dance. I was asked yesterday about, you know, you, do you want to change your record prediction for Carolina from 7-5 and five to something else that you had in the summer? I, I'm not ready to do that just because I, I've seen South Carolina this same song and dance under Shane Beamer where they look so pathetic and abysmal early and they get better and they improve. And by end of season, South Carolina's winning games, they probably shouldn't be winning. So, um and I think that's probably what's going to happen, you know, but but the problem is right now you have Georgia week three. You know what I mean? Like it's here come the Georgia Bulldogs, yeah. and that's not typically between the hedges against Georgia's defensive front is not quite where you find answers on the offensive line when you have so many questions. So um, Nick Gargiulo is a good place to start. It's just everybody else around him that uh, they got to figure out. That's it. that's it, man. I think we uh... – through, through two weeks, I think we found our, our our cornerstone offensive line, offensive lineman, and Gargiulo. I think he's kind of asserted himself in, in that leadership role as well. But you know, Shane Beamer told us this whole off season, this entire the entirety of this off season, we're going to be playing freshmen at every level of the field. So play them, play them. I mean, that's stick to your word, man. I mean. You kind of you kind of scared the fan base a little bit through the whole season, saying, "Oh God, we're gonna have all these freshmen playing." 
and then we and then we wheel out FCS transfers, FCS transfer upperclassmen on the offensive line that just get absolutely bullied through two weeks. So I mean, if you think they're going to improve now, um, we're, we're, then we're on two different wavelengths. I think, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, guys like Wanamaker, guys like Sugar, guys like Bershon Lee, they're they're going to be they, they are what they are. And but for these freshmen with all this promise and all this talent and all this athleticism they have, it's guys the limit for these kids. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's about time to find their potential. But like I said, man, Beamer told us all offseason we're going to play freshmen at every level. So play them. So, Peyton, I agree. That's, that's, all I got. that's all I got for today, man. So um, I'll holler at you more this week. I'll, um, I'll give you my prediction. Let's see. Today's Tuesday. I'll give you my prediction on Thursday or maybe even Friday. But I'm thinking Thursday. But I, I'll go ahead and give you a hint. Carolina covers. So, I'll, um, like I said, I'll have I'll, I'll more this week. Stay cool out there. Thanks for his up show. Go Cox. I appreciate it. Peyton, you're the man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call. Great stuff as always. Peyton says the Gamecocks cover. That's a good place to start. Uh, Tommy Wallace says best case scenario, we get a two-score lead early and a force into more passing situations. Slow the game down for us, a positive. So, South Carolina gets a two-score lead early. I let me let me ask y'all this: Does Georgia's defense all of a sudden suck? I, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm genuinely asking this question because I'm seeing way more 24-28 point predictions for South Carolina than I ever thought I would see. Like I, I just. I mean, I I know Marcus Satterfield had this offense and Spencer Rattler handcuffed last year, but like, I just, dude, I think if Carolina's going to beat Georgia, it's got to be a low scoring game. I, I really do. It's got to be like 2019, like 20 to 17 or something like that, my opinion. Let's jump on here. Will from Dirty Myrtle. Will, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, man. Uh, just wanted to call and give a little bit of my insight on what I, I feel like uh, about this weekend. I, I personally, I feel like this Georgia game is very crucial for us, not, to, you know, to get the win, but we need to, to play well in this game and keep it somewhat close because if we go into next week's game, the Mississippi State game, after getting our brains beat in, we're in a real bad position because, you're looking at that game. You lose that game at Tennessee after that. I mean, you're realistically, you're looking at one and four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a place you want to be. That's a place where bowl eligibility is really a question at that point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we can come out of this game 10, 14 down, play well, you know, and, and, and you know, really prove to ourselves that we can block the SEC line, you know, if we could just, you know, keep them off his back, keep it somewhat of a clean game. That the next week we got a good chance of getting Mississippi State, but I just feel like if we get our brains beat in this game, it ain't going to bode well for next week. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think you're absolutely right, Will. I, I think uh, to keep it a real, to keep it a buck, and I'm glad you did that, is that, you know, listen, South, we'd love to see South Carolina pull the upset. I, I'm certainly not trying to spoil my prediction for Friday or anything because, hey, you never know what old C. Philly might pull out of his sleeve and pick for the game, but – it's fun to dream and play make-believe and pretend that South Carolina could win this football game. 
But to your point, this football game right here is about setting yourself up for the Mississippi State game because that that's the game to me that if you lose that football game at home at night, if you lose that game, my friend, four and eight and five and seven come into the picture. Like really, truly, yeah. genuinely. So yeah. that's the one. Like upsetting Georgia would be awesome, right? It'd be, I mean, nobody's denying that. But I said it since the jump. Be three and three or better after the first six. Just be three and three or better. If you can do that, you're keeping your head above water. You've got a favorable second half. I know you got to go to Mizzou, to A&M, but both those teams, who knows? And then you got four straight home games to close it out, including Vandy, Kentucky, Jacksonville State, and then Clemson, who's looked how they've looked thus far. So, I mean, just right. get through the first half of this season, right? Not, you know, with your head above water, if you will, and you give yourself a chance in the second half. But I, I agree with you in the sense of, you know, Again, you want to call it moral victories. Like, I don't really give a damn. Like, having an impressive showing would set you up well. Like, momentum is a thing, right? Like, and mm-hmm. you people can come at me for talking about moral victories. Man, if Carolina went out there and lost 38-31, to 31, Gamecock Nation would be jumping for joy going to Mississippi State. Well, you cannot tell me It'd any like freaking – You can't <laughs> tell me any freaking different, man. You know what I mean? So, like – and I think it would just – it would just show positive progression because, dude, like I mentioned, like South Carolina, the last time they played a single-digit game against Georgia, the margin of victory or defeat, I should say, was single digits, right? The last time it was single digits and Carolina didn't win because they went they won in 14 and 19. The last time Carolina right. lost and it was a single-digit loss was 2013. And it's been a long time since there was yeah. – there hadn't been a lot of competitive Carolina-Georgia games. Like – Let's call it for what it is. And that's sad for me to say because, like, I grew up in the CSRA. I I loved Carolina, Georgia. You could always count on that game, no matter what, for it to be close. It ain't been close. Like, Georgia looks at South Carolina like South Carolina fans look at Kentucky. Vanderbilt. Maybe Vandy. I mean, really, truly, really, truly, (laughs) Georgia fans, if you want the honest truth, because I grew up saying – Hey, this is a rivalry. Carolina Georgia is a rivalry. And I sit here now and I'm like, Carolina is nothing more to Georgia fans than the fly in their suit. It's nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. It's and I and I hate that, but if you want it to get back to being a rivalry, playing some close games and beating them every now and then would help. You know what I mean? At minimum, making it competitive. Because I think right now, not only is it not a rivalry, like there's not respect on the Georgia side. And I'm not talking from Kirby or or anything like that, whatever. I'm talking about the Georgia fan base, Georgia program, zero respect for South Carolina. And why would they? It's been a bloodbath both of Shane Beamer's two years. So, to your point, playing a close competitive game, like at minimum, having Georgia walk off the field saying, man, that's a tough 60 minutes. We don't want to play them again. Like, that alone would be a positive sign. Yeah, and and, and uh, to piggyback off of that, I mean, I feel like Mississippi State, you know, there's a lot of times you're like, this is the most important game. This is a must win. That, folks, is a must, must, must win. Absolutely, 100%. Mississippi State is the most important game of the whole season because you lose that game, and like you said, our chances of going to a bowl game have all of a sudden diminished. 
mm. and be very unlikely at that point. It could it could still happen, but very unlikely. Yeah. And and I just and I, that's all I want to say is just get get a good you know quote unquote moral victory this week. Who knows? Maybe we shock the world. But even if we don't, just play well. Don't you know get your brains beat in, and then you go into next week feeling pretty good about yourself. And uh, and I'll hang up and listen, Chris. Talk to you later, brother. Will, you're the man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the call. I mean, again, I, I agree with everything Will is saying. And, you know, that Mississippi State game, you know, we, we throw the term around must win, you know, so casually and freely, right? When in reality, unless it's like an elimination game, whatever, you get where I'm going with it. Like, is it really a must win? But by default, because of the loss to UNC, I think you could argue Mississippi State is to to – it's a must win in the sense of to achieve, to even have an opportunity to achieve what most folks thought this season would be. That's got to be a win. That has to be a win. Let's jump to the whole lines here. Call from Chase Floyd. Chase Floyd, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, man? I feel like it's been a while since I talked to you. I ain't been in the Discord. I've been at the games the last two weeks, so I'm looking forward to being back in the hangout this weekend. I ain't going to be making that trip to Athens like Coach. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a hot minute, man. I, I appreciate you calling in, man. Great to hear from you. Yeah, man. I was just wanting to put my little two cents in real quick before you go to the next break, if you take one, if Brendan lets you. Um, I think, you know, you're saying moral victories and stuff. Yeah, I think anybody would take a seven, ten-point loss. Doesn't mean we're not going to wake up and hope for a victory on Saturday, obviously. Could it happen? Yeah. This is when – you get to really see the test that where Daryl Loggins, what he can do. I mean, something I've noticed since there's been so many eyes on, you know, crime out there in Colorado, uh, I've watched a lot. And I'm not saying this is the way, but it is interesting to see how their offense has been able to scheme for their lack of offense alignment, just the quick out passes and stuff and getting the ball out quick from their quarterback. So I'm just interested to see if if we adapt any kind of, you know, scheme that way where Loggins, you know, can get the offense moving against a superior defense that we haven't seen uh, of this caliber yet this year. Because, I mean, we, we all know what Georgia's made of. We all, we all know where they stand. Uh, so I'm just really interested to see what our offense can do schematically, you know, and um, see if – I mean, because we're going to have to establish the run. That's a no-brainer. But I am I am ready to see what our our offense can do on the passing side with Spencer having the hot hand. Now, does that matter if he has no protection? Well, we you know, it didn't really matter for North Carolina, but George is a whole other beast. So I'm, I, I just want to see that matchup. Uh, Rattler with being on fire the last two weeks and – how the scheme works and it to set him up for success. So uh, I don't really know if I got a prediction because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I put a seven and five record uh, at the beginning of the year for us, and this that was with a loss to Georgia. And after seeing the North Carolina loss, which I thought would be a win, a 50-50 game like you did, but I'm still optimistic that we get bowl eligibility. But this is going to be a big game just to see where our young talent is. And like you, it hasn't been close in a while. So I'm ex- I just want to see what we can do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not only a big game for us, because I know you had said 
you thought, you know, it could possibly be a letdown game against Mississippi State, and I don't want to get too far ahead. But it's a big game for Mississippi State this week, too, against LSU. You know, LSU's going to try to make a point in Starkville. So it, it, it could also have that effect with them where they put a lot of – it's a big emotional game for them, playing a top-tier program. So it's, it, in two weeks, it'll be an interesting game to see who responded to the adversity more and and who can, you know, put their best foot forward in that regard. So there's still be some good football games this week to watch. And I'm excited to watch them with you uh, in the Big Talk Club. I'll be in and out, I'm sure, all day. So I uh, just want to put my two cents out there, man. You know, love what you do. Uh, get in the Big Talk Club chat. If you're not in there, it's a great place for banter and slap dickery. <laughs> and uh, Chris, I'll holler at you this weekend, man. Go call. Chase, great stuff. Great to hear from you, my friend. Appreciate you. And, yeah, really, really good stuff from Chase there. Uh, I'll say this, too, to one of the things he brought up, and I saw a comment, too, you know, we were talking about the offense and Rattler and, and the way they've thrown the football. And it, it's been great, man. It's been great, right? But I, I do want to speak on something that I've seen on social media recently. And, and I don't – you know, I, I think people that say this, how serious are they really? I don't know. I don't know. But those that suggest – that South Carolina should go to the air raid as an offensive game plan for the rest of the season because of the offensive line woes, the the lack of running game, if you will, right, a running attack that averaged just 2.8 yards per carry against Furman, right? Negative rushing yards against UNC when you factor in sacks as well. But people saying, let's just go air raid, air it out, throw it downfield all season long. Number one. Dabble Loggins don't call air raid. That's not his offense, right? He don't run air raid. That's number one. And to make that switch between the Furman and Georgia game, like it's not as simple as like picking a different playbook and NCAA football and all of a sudden, well, we run the air raid now. Number two, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the whole let's go out there and let Spencer throw it 50 times, and I, I know he's been great. He's been, you know, red hot to start the year. If South Carolina cannot manufacture, if they can't just do it, if they can't get a running game going, they have no shot. They have no shot. Because what's going to happen is they're going to get in second and long, third and long. And a lot of those 50-50 balls, honestly, guys, that Spencer Rattler's been throwing up against UNC and Furman, and I, again, he has played fantastic football. But a lot of those, they're not all going to be completed. Good chance some of them might be picked off. So I'm just saying, man, that like the whole air raid thing, I don't know how serious people are with that, but that's that's not a, a means to an end. That, that's, that's, not, that's not a solution, man. You're you're not going to make a living in the SEC at a high level. And, guys, here's the thing. You want to talk about air raid. Okay, cool. Who else besides Xavier Leggett has emerged as a big-time playmaker? I mean, I, I liked what I saw from some different guys against Furman. But I don't know if Eddie Lewis is ready to go toe-to-toe against Georgia. I, I don't know if – you know, I don't know the status of Amari and Brown. I don't, and if he's healthy, I don't know if he's ready to make a big play against a Georgia. I don't know if Nick Harbour is even going to see the field because honestly, just because he had a touchdown catch against 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. The must jam Packers just cut me off there. Anyways, Trey Knox, Joshua Simon. I mean, where have they been? Are, are they ready to go out against Georgia? And Amer- so the whole air raid thing, man, like I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if people are just kind of like half joking, like whatever, but like, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. Lewis Martinez, the second Wells and Knox, I would say are proven. I mean, Trey Knox has proven to be a solid commodity. Yes, he he was solid at Arkansas. Nothing crazy. Uh, about 300, maybe 400 yards per season receiving. A couple of touchdowns. Nothing crazy. I, I just And then Juice Wells, of course, is proven. But I don't think he's going to play. I, I don't think he's going to be fully healthy for this game. Until I hear otherwise, see otherwise, I don't believe it. Alonzo, where is Nick Elksness from Florida? I think I saw him against Furman, but he didn't do anything. So, Austin Gregory says, prediction. Offensive line shows traces of week one level play against Georgia's line of scrimmage and casuals blame play calling and bash logins. I can see it, sadly. Well, you know that's going to happen, Austin. Austin, Austin, you know that's going to happen because fans would rather blame the coaches than look in the mirror and say, talent's not good enough. Those players aren't good enough. For some people, Austin, it just it hurts their feelings to be that critical of their favorite players. They'd rather blame the coaches. It's the coach's fault. I mean, Austin, what you're saying happens every year. Believe it or not, even in even in good seasons. I mean, last year, for example. Unfortunately, the the, the narrative by so many is not. Man, Carolina Shane Beamer, what a hell of a job! He took a six win football team and got eight wins out of them. They overachieved. No, by most of Gamecock Nation, it's, well, he slapped it. Coaches, we should have won 10 games. We should have won 11. You know what I mean? Like, it's always the coach's fault. It's always. And I'm and I'm someone, I'm critical of the coaching. I get it. I get it. But that's why, Austin, I said over the summer, that was my prediction for Dowell Loggins, is that even someone is, who's been as critical as I've been about Dowell Loggins, I think we're going to get to season's end. I think we're probably going to be 7-5. and five. And I think that there's going to be some 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 disgruntled fans regarding the offense. Because, I, dude, I, I think this rushing offense is on pace to be the worst in the SEC. It's on pace to be one of the worst in college football. I think it will be. I, I don't see a solution for the running game. Which doesn't mean Carolina can't go win seven games, but that's just the reality of what you are as a football team. And so, I think a lot of people are going to blame Dowell Loggins for that. But it's like, no, it's just, this is where, you know, JC said it, I've said it, it's a bridge year for you on the line of scrimmage. It's a bridge year for you up front. And USC at its, I'm not saying that Marcus Satterfield did not handcuff Spencer Rattler, did not limit this offense. I certainly am not saying that. 
But I'm just saying that every year I feel like Carolina fans are saying that we were supposed to win 11 or 12 a year, but, you know, the coaching screwed us. And it's like, man, that's just not always the case. It's just not always the case. So, anyways, um, wow, Frank says, Trey Knox, the Jaheim Bell of 2023. Whoa, now, that's going too far there, my guy. Going too far. Tommy Wallace, if Georgia punts two times in the first half, then we got a shot. Yeah, I mean, we got a shot for sure. Austin Gregory says, my realistic hope for us this week is to keep the game within 20 points. What y'all think about that? I mean, it's just like... Tommy Wallace says, which is more important for us to have success on Saturday, our offense or defense? I say offense because I think you can win big with an electric offense. And if your offense succeeds against Georgia, you got a good offense, right? Robbie Davis texts in and said, we're going to have to play out of our mind to win this game against Georgia. But honestly, I do not see us winning Saturday. So there's Robbie's prediction, I guess. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will call in later this week and give us a score prediction. So, guys, tomorrow we will really start diving into things, breaking down the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, tomorrow, guys, we got our position unit previews, our position unit comparison, I should say. Um, we'll get into key matchups. We'll get into top storylines later in the week. We'll get into my actual prediction for the game. So, yeah. Looking forward to it, man. I'm excited for this. And it's always fun, Gamecocks and Dogs. And like I said, this is one that, you know, I, I grew up watching this game, obviously. Um, I hated Georgia more than I hated Clemson growing up. Um, so, you know, I'm excited for the game. I'm excited for the game for sure. Guys, that being said, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that bell icon so you get notifications of when we drop new video content. We go live as well. In case you missed it, by the way, TDC is now live on Facebook and X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, as well. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button in regards to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, You can check us out there at the Spurs Up Show. The podcast drops every single day. 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Robert Hastings says, I think Georgia will cover. I'm tired of the Gamecock heartbreak. They only beat us by 41 last year. Um, let's see. Big Wash, don't forget. Will Muschamp took a team down there a few years ago and won. Indeed. Let's see if they can do it again. Final question. Bruin Nation says, does Beamer tell Gamecock fans to find some joy next Tuesday? Ruination, I, you never know, my friend. You never know. That being said, guys, hey, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.